Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brewcast is back. Welcome in to another edition of the show. We've got a fun one for you here today. A little hiatus last week because obviously the College World Series final series didn't... Uh, it didn't didn't mesh well with our schedule, but we are back to go over a little baseball talk, maybe a little Michigan football recruiting, and which team is best in line to win a national championship at the University of Michigan in the future. But before we get into all that, got to bring in my co-host, as I am Luke Yardy, welcoming you in to Brewcast, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Guys, good to be back with you. Got a fun one ahead here today. How are you? Yeah, we had a few discussions about how to handle last week. Uh, if we had just recorded after like the Monday night game, you probably would have been talking about how like, oh, this team's definitely winning a national title, and then it would have. By the time like Kumar Rocker took the mound on whatever it was Tuesday, uh, our show would have been obsolete. So we wanted to give something with a little bit of staying power. Uh, we had also discussed it was more of a joke, but like doing like the the Black Mirror like Bandersnatch thing, where it's like a choose your own adventure episode depending on the result uh obviously that didn't pan out either decided to take the week off uh but as a result of that we are here for a holiday week fourth uh, of july week glad to be here i know a couple of us that sounds like have some plans later on in the week uh the morning after we record this i'm getting out of town for a few days so uh, good it, it's good it's good to be here uh i won't say the well is going to start running dry with content because by the time we're all like settled in, it's going to be time to start talking about previewing football and things like that. But um, pretty amazing as we get into this conversation throughout the show that Michigan athletics took us to like almost the first week of July of like just being relevant and in your face. So again, we said it a few times, but once again, shout out them for making our jobs easier and really forcing us not to take like a summer long hiatus like we did last year. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a ton of fun, man. It really was this uh, these last couple of weeks of this Michigan baseball team. Obviously, uh, you know, I was I was more bummed out than I thought I would be after they lost Game Three to Vandy, um, just because it was, uh, you know, you don't like to say this, but it, it got to a point where you kind of felt like they really deserved it, you know, that they they really. Uh, defied all expectation and they got to the end and just kind of ran into a buzzsaw, but they were, uh, you know, it, now that some dust has settled, I mean, this was, uh, 
and I said this multiple times as they were making their run, and I'll say it again now that it's over. I mean, this is something that doesn't happen at Michigan. It's something that doesn't happen in the Big Ten. And for them to be as close as they were and to be as successful as they were to make it as far as they did, uh, remarkable, remarkable. And there's a, and yeah, it was a, it was an incredible run. It was a surprising run, but that doesn't mean that there's not guys on this team that uh, this isn't like George Mason making it to the final four. And then we never hear from any of those guys again. Like these are, there are players on that Michigan team that are going to be play in the major leagues one day. And I look forward to following those guys as they go, come up for the minors and, uh, and see where they go because it was, it was a really fun run and a great team and a, and a well-coached team uh, just came up a little bit short. Like at the end of the day, man, what it came down to was they lost their magic with runners in scoring position. Like that's how they beat UCLA. They were out hit that entire series against UCLA. They just, they got the key hits at the right times. And after game one, uh, they couldn't do it. You know, first inning of game three, you score run one run, have one out runners at the corner. Don't get any more across. And then uh, you had multiple opportunities, bases loaded at one point. Uh, couldn't bring them in. Like that was... Uh, that was just it was like a magic thing that happened and then the last two games Vandy showed why they're one of the best teams in the country and it, it was an incredible run and Michigan baseball elevated itself to heights that we hadn't seen in 50 years and like that was a lot of fun and I, I've saw people say this and I I do kind of echo it that I was a little more bummed out because just once, man, like we've talked about it. I would just love the feeling in this, albeit would be a team I didn't follow all year. So it wouldn't be like football or basketball or anything. I would love to see just like a Michigan team, you know, win a national title in anything, you know, like we haven't experienced that. It seems like Michigan always gets so close, but it's like always the bridesmaid, never the bride sort of thing. And, and it, they're fun runs. I just one time, you know what I'm saying? I just want to see it at least once to, to have that feeling, that euphoric feeling, because like I, I mentioned this uh, a while ago. I had this conversation before last week or right after the game uh, on my on my radio show. I said, you know, it's right now outside of Chris, it's easy being a Tigers fan. You know, this doesn't ring true for Chris because he <laughs> follows them religiously. Right, because but it's I like, get what you're saying, though. It's right now it's easy for me to be a Tigers fan because I don't care. Like I legit don't care. They're not forcing me to care because they just continue to lose. They're out of any hunt, anything like that. Right now it's easy to be a Red Wings fan for me because I don't care. It's easy to be a Pistons fan because I don't care. It's when the teams are good and they force you to care and pay attention because they give you hope and then they slam that hope shut. That's when it is absolutely the worst and, and right now we've been getting it a lot with michigan sports and i just wanted to get over the hump that one time yeah, but you, you know? know what and like this is maybe this is me being like a pessimist but if michigan baseball had gone out and and trust me i wanted them to win the national title like let's not get this mixed up at all but if they had won the national title then you would have had people coming out of the woodwork saying yeah but it was baseball when you're gonna do it in football or basketball or or, or hockey or like any of these other sports. And then it's just like, no matter, I, I almost feel like with this fan base, it's like, no matter what, like Michigan football winning at, uh, even winning the big 10 at this point is you know, something that we need to, that, that people are, are hungry for. But it's almost like, I get this vibe sometimes that like, if Michigan was to win the national title, you'd still have people going, yeah, but they should have done it this year. And, oh, they should have done it this year. It's like, just a real pessimistic. Maybe not. Oh, maybe, absolutely. This might not even this be a Michigan fan thing. I'm, I think it might just be like more of a national narrative. Like, yeah, but when are you going to do it in football or basketball? Um, right. And the other thing, and that, but for me, it was just it was just feeling for yeah. me. You know, I just want no, that no, no. feeling and for you know myself. What? You made the point about how it's been fifty years since a, a Big Ten team has done that. Like, I think my biggest takeaway is not that this was a Cinderella run or anything, and it was the the, the magic ran out i mean it's let's call it what it is um but i get the vibe that where things are headed and what they're building or what what uh, eric backage has built it won't be 50 years until michigan gets back there let alone another big 10 team like th this things are very much like on the right path there um and i think it was a reprieve from you know uh, uh, <laughs> 
the baseball that we're used to watching or that we watch most of the time. I mean, up until this weekend, they were like, what, 2-20, and 20, their last 22 home games or something like that, and the Tigers. And, you know, and my, my take on them is simply, if a team is telling you that they are not actively trying to win, and maybe not saying that, but, like, that's what all of their moves would dictate, then you should probably root for them to do so. Um, and I'm not saying, like, you should root for them to lose, but, like, if they're telling you not to worry about it, then don't. So... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, and that makes I'm things that makes it really brain, diff- so. I'm not advocating no, you're, no, but that it, it's not you as destroyed. It's the Tigers who have destroyed it because it it's it makes things difficult as somebody who puts out content regarding the Tigers. Where like like I fully admit, my best stuff comes in the form of me getting pissed off when the Tigers lose. So how am I supposed to do that when there's no reason to get pissed off when they lose? It, it's like, and I think it's a sign of an organization that is just completely floundering when you isolate your fan base to the point that it would be better for them to root, actively root for you to be fail to fail. Uh, I don't think any organization should have to get to that point unless it's the NBA where it, or where, you know, you could suck for draft picks like yeah, this is like the Knicks, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, this is a unforeseen territory for the Detroit Tigers and it's disgusting, but that's a conversation for another day. And it's something I've talked about many, many times, it, but you, you are right in the sense that this, it really was fun watching some competitive, meaningful baseball, even if it was in college and what you brought up as far as that narrative of, Oh, when are they going to win it in, in football? That's always going to be the case until they do win it. I mean, that, that will that's be kind of deal. Michigan. It. Like it is. What it, is. it is. And, you know, I know some people have had some fun with it, especially, you know, kind of at the beginning of this year's basketball season. The whole, oh, it's a basketball school now. Michigan University, their number one export is football. They they are, their number, their business is football. And it, it always will be. I mean, I, I love Michigan basketball. I had a ton of fun watching Michigan baseball. Hockey, when they get there, is fun to watch. This is a football school. And it always will be. Um I mean, if you don't believe us, look at our most popular shows. Like the most popular ones are us talking about like the beginning of football season and people starve for football. And so that that's always going to be the narrative. But like Luke said as well, like just individually, it was kind of like, man, it would have been really cool to see, especially after winning game one. And, you know, they fell apart with runners and scoring position. But really, I think that kind of been their thing the whole tournament. I just think that they were able to kind of mask it because the pitching had been otherworldly throughout the entire tournament. I mean, just insanely good. Tommy Henry needs a, a statue out, you know, outside of the, outside of their stadium. I mean, he was a ridiculously good all tournament, uh, you know, especially that, that complete game shutout against Florida state. Uh, it's just that the pitching in the last two games kind of fell apart. Um, now Kaufman didn't quite have it in game three. And I felt like, I don't know. I, I I had a feeling if they would if they when they lost game two they weren't going to win game three. I just felt like they were on such a roll that if they had to face one bump in the road, one loss, it they it kind of would have you know thrown them for a loop, and it did. Um, with that said, I didn't think they'd win game two because Kumar Rocker is just let me a let me ask you this. Regardless regardless of uh, Kumar Rocker and going going in game two, uh, do we have a problem with? Basically, and we there's not it's not, maybe problems not the right word, but do we have an issue with the approach to kind of essentially I'm not not a, essentially punting That's game a great two way, word for it. to you know to set up Kaufman and Chriswell in game three because really I think once you steal that first game I kind of felt like you had to go for it from there because if you did with a guy like Rocker on the mound and, and he was. You know, he was amazing. He was untouchable. What are you going to do about that? But, um, you know, I feel like punting that game created the chance that you swing momentum in a big way. And you're only going to keep a team that has, you know, someone like J.J. Blade, who is the number four pick in the draft. I forget the other guy's name, but uh, another bat who's supposed to be the top three or four next year. Uh, you guys seem like most of the top half of their lineup, those guys were batting like 340. Yeah. So you're only going to keep that down so much, and um, you know it's the t- the more talent, the better team, the more talented team won. It is what it is. I mean, it's not. Um, it's a bummer that 
Michigan kind of fizzled out. I would have liked a more competitive game three, but um, no, I, I just, I, I think my only real issue was that I, I would have liked to see them be a little more aggressive in game two, but I'm not sure that, you know, what Kaufman had pitched on Friday, I'm not sure he'd have been ready to go uh, for two. Exactly. So, and, and I think, I, I think uh, they were kind of playing it by ear and seeing how competitive the game was. Cause I think what they didn't want to use Chris well in game two, yeah. unless they had a lead. And at that point they definitely would have gone for it. I think saying they punted is a really good way to put it. Um, but I think it also showed this is a big 10 team. Um, this is not an sec team. And it showed that there was a lack of depth here. Um, and, and losing Jordan Wogu hurt a lot. Yes, too. it did. But I think it, it showed that like Michigan, had basically gotten best case scenario throughout the entire tournament as far as their pitchers go. I mean, they they had used just three guys in the first what four games of the tournament, and you have to do that when you're a team that doesn't have a ton of depth. You know, they don't rack in the big recruits. You know, Vandy can go to essentially whatever player they want, and they're going to be pulling out a guy who's probably going to get drafted at some point. Michigan can't afford to do that, and uh, I think in game two they ran into a point where. Uh, a lot, you know, their best pitchers were unavailable. You know, obviously Henry unavailable, Kaufman unavailable, Chriswell available out of the, out of the pen. Um, so I get what you're saying. And even I was kind of frustrated, like, man, you really are. You're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket for tomorrow. But I, I get it. Um, hopefully, you know, they could get to a point now that they've made the College World Series and they've had some success that, um, you know, maybe they can – Maybe maybe they can get some depth and get some more guys who are going to be able to pitch at that moment. And with that said, I thought Isaiah Page did a really admirable job, I mean, in, in the short amount of time he was given. Um, but the bullpen was kind of this team's Achilles heel all year, and uh, that definitely came to be in Game 2 and Game 3 as well when uh, Chris Wells struggled a bit. I'm not going to really rag on him because he was so good all tournament. But, uh, yeah, as that was just uh, – it was unfortunate. Uh, it would have been nice to see uh, – see them kind of kick it into a new gear. Uh, I think Backage did all he could, but yeah, I think they, they, I won't say panicked, but yeah, I think punted kind of in that game too is a good word for it. I I would yeah. say though, Isaiah page, like you literally could not probably have asked for more out of him. Cause he didn't pitch over five innings all year and he came nope. in and he did an incredible job. I, I got to tip my hat to him and he was awesome in game two. Yeah. And, and I'm, <sighs> I would have preferred being a little more aggressive, but I see the merits of both approaches. And from the first four innings or so of that game, it it looked like it was going to pay off. Like it looked like the smart call. Um, but again, you were never quite able to get anything going against Kumar Rocker, which was going to be which is going to be what changed that entire game. It's amazing that. That kid's got two more years of college baseball. Yeah, still he does. He it's not fair that that kid is a freshman. It's I can't, not fair. I can't remember a, a guy that looked that filthy in college since what probably Strasburg. Yeah, that, that, you might be right. So especially and, that young. Yeah, this is a guy um, that if if he stays healthy, which you know, especially with pitchers, you never know. This is the number one pick in the draft two years from now. Like no, there's yeah, no sure. doubt. He throws well, he throws the nineties on that fastball, and then he switches it up with that slider, and no one could even touch him when he's on. And the older yeah. he gets, the more that velocity is going to go up, which is only going to make the slider look better. Um, yeah, this is uh, we're looking at a special player here. Yeah, and so to tie a bow on all this, to kind of bring everything full circle, where the three of us are Tiger fans, shout out Blessy Boys, uh, this SB Nation blog. <laughs> like, if they're going to tank, the, the next two years you got a, a bat from Vandy and uh, or, or uh, I know Torkelson from Arizona State would be the guy I would want next year, but. Two years down the road, if you're going to tank, you just ride this out until, um, you know, what what would you call it? Kill kill it for Kumar? I was or, trying to, yeah. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know. Docker for Rock? I, I have no idea. We'll figure that. Like, if they're going to... If they're going to suck, you might as well suck until Kumar Rocker is, like, ready to be drafted. Because yeah. that's, that's a... That's a David Price. That's a Steven Strasburg. That's a Clayton Kershaw like type of guy right there. So mm-hmm. like he's um, good. He should start limiting his innings now to save the wear and tear yeah. on that arm. Yeah, and I didn't watch him. I've seen the the box scores and stuff, but I didn't really watch his delivery all that much. Uh, is there? Does he have like a violent 
is it fluid or is it more of a violent arm delivery? Because then you're then you're talking about um, you know, any any time those guys and there are violent throwers in baseball who haven't dealt with elbow problems or whatever. Like it's just how they throw. But then you yeah. have the you know the Michael Fulmers of the world. The um, who's the closer that just uh, got hurt with the Cardinals? Jordan Hicks. It's Jordan Hicks, yeah. Or so, the Zumayas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when he got hurt that that last time, I think it was at Yankee Stadium. Like his elbow like cracked and you could hear it on the, the radio broadcast. Like the ball hit the bat. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it's a fairly solid delivery. It's not e- extremely violent. I'm sure you could probably clean, clean up the mechanics a little bit. Uh, the one thing, and it, it puts these players and these coaches in a tough position because you get to a point where, you know, you're competing for a championship and obviously you got to go with the hot hand, but in hindsight, you know, if he does get injured at some point, it looks bad when you say, man, he threw 131 pitches in his no hitter. But at the same time, like you're going for a championship, you know, you're, right. you want to win a ring. So uh, a lot of these pitchers, unfortunately, do get overused, but I can't necessarily blame the kid or the coaches. I mean, uh, unless it's excessive, like I think Matt Harvey in one game when he was in college threw 151 pitches, which is just, you know, obscene right. uh, you know, at this point. But it, they're giving him adequate rest. You know, he went out there, he's pitched lights out. So hopefully he stays healthy as do, you know, a lot of these young uh, Michigan pitchers who who were so damn good throughout the tournament. Well, Michigan came within one win of a national championship in baseball. And looking forward, we want to take a look at who's got the best chance at the university of Michigan, which team in a particular set of sports has the best chance of winning a national championship in the near future. We'll talk about that after we take a quick break and we come back on Brewcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Back in here on Brewcast and ready to continue talking in this based on, you know, the fact that this Michigan baseball team came within a single win against a traditional baseball power in Vanderbilt from a national championship, had their chances uh, to win a national championship, as have quite a number of, you know, prominent programs at the University of Michigan. We've talked about, you know, the basketball team making the national championship in 2018, the Michigan hockey team making the Frozen Four in 2018. Michigan football, uh, they've almost won the Big Ten. I, I guess we could say that. But which team moving forward has the best chance to win a national championship? And I think this is a, a really good question that was proposed by Anthony when we were talking about ideas to do this show because there's a number of ways you could go with this answer, especially considering the recent success of a lot of these teams. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it depends on what your criteria is. Like, Are we talking from your head or from your heart? Because if it's your heart, you might say that Michigan football will never win a single thing. They'll never, they can't even beat Ohio state, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, when you think about the sport of football in general, like if you just, it's, I think football is a little more black and white than these other sports um, in terms of what can happen in a big game or if, if you're regardless, if you're more talented or not. Um, So it's one of those head versus heart things. I'm going to, I'm going to take the approach of like, I can't say level-headed because it's coming from me, but I will be, well, let's run down. Let's just run down the case for each right now. So Michigan football, you're recruiting at a national level. You've got, you still have one of the highest paid coaches in college football and hot take still one of the better coaches in college football. Maybe not an elite guy as we thought he would be, but um, 
there's not many guys that you would probably take over Jim Harbaugh. And there's probably nobody out there that would come to Michigan that would be as good as, as he, as he's been. So let's, let's throw that out there right now. Get throwing the reins to his offense to Josh Gaddis seems to finally be adapting. That's where they're at right here. Michigan basketball, uh, obviously. Okay. I'm just going to run it through real quick. Uh, Michigan. All right. I thought we were, I thought you were just going one at a time. So I wasn't sure. Um, well, we can, I mean, we're kind of doing this on the fly. Um, Let's stop there. Your thoughts on football. See, I personally, I think this is one of the least teams uh, that you're going to see. This is probably bottom one or two, and it it ultimately has nothing to do with Harbaugh. It has nothing to do with the Michigan football program because I think the Michigan football program is in a great place regardless of what everyone says. I expect Michigan to win the Big Ten this year. I expect them to go to the college football playoff. Having said that, that's only that might only be 10% of the battle this day and age and for the foreseeable future to win a college football national championship you're going to have to beat one of either Clemson or Alabama in game 1 and one of either Clemson or Alabama in game 2 like you have to beat those two teams in 2 weeks and i don't think there's any team in the country that will ever be equipped to do that because i chances are you know one of the, or even Georgia for that matter you know at the end of the day it's it's who you're going against in college football that's more of a more of a wall there more of a barrier to this Michigan football program and team than it is like Oklahoma is in a great position Chant, they're probably not going to win a national championship in the near future because of how well Clemson and Alabama are recruiting Georgia probably the same way they've got better chance than most I'd say uh, because they they could be the one to knock Alabama out of the college football playoff but that's unlikely so I think if Michigan were to win a national championship they'd have to beat either Clemson or Alabama in the semifinal and then Clemson or Alabama in the championship and at the end of the day I don't think no matter how well Harbaugh is how who's the coaches on the staff the, you know their recruiting rankings they're never going to really recruit at that level and I that's why I don't see this Michigan football program winning a national championship really I Honestly, don't know. Man, that's uh, that's a really good argument there. I, I mean, it, it uh, it's tough because, uh, I don't know, I, I guess, hmm. I, I, coming into this, I was thinking the one most likely I would still would have said Michigan football, and it's, it's amazing to me how quickly things change, and I'll talk more about that as we go on, but uh, you know, a month ago, I mean, this list could have been completely inverted, I feel like, um, or even two months ago. But, uh, yeah, no, I see what you're saying for sure. I guess my only kind of response to that would be right now, obviously, Clemson and Alabama own the day. And, it and hell, I'll throw Ohio State in there even. I mean, they haven't even made the uh, playoff in the last two years, but, you know, they're, they're the only – they're the only other team in the last five years that's won a national championship besides those two programs. Uh, obviously, even with Urban Meyer gone, they're still elite. Uh, you know, they own the day right now. But, you know, eventually, you know, at some point, uh, my my only response to what you said is that at some point things are going to have to change. And, you know, for there was a, sh- a period of time where, no one was going to beat USC. USC was the kings of the college football world, and it was going to be like that from now until forever. And then Pete Carroll left, and USC, I mean, they kind of just stink now, really. They haven't had a good year in like 10 years. Uh, you know, even going on before that, there was a time where nobody in the world was beating Miami, and they just kind of fizzled out. So I guess for the foreseeable future, it seems insurmountable that a team like Michigan would win uh, the national championship with football. But we go back just a few short years ago, and it seemed insurmountable for a team like Ohio State to win it, uh, especially the, the you know considering the injuries that they had. So I get what you're saying for sure, and you make all the correct points. It's just that things can change very quickly. One bad year, one bad injury, uh, one coaching change, and all of a sudden things can be completely flipped. So right now, yeah, it probably does seem hopeless in that aspect, but – you never know how, with the kind of ever-changing world that is college. Yeah, there's always kind of somewhere, someone waiting to – maybe someone that's not like immediately waiting in the weeds to knock you off the pedestal. But like Clemson is, is – like I, I don't know how much longer Nick Saban has at Alabama, but Clemson I think is, is well set up to kind of be that next one. 
and then probably Georgia after that. So it is probably the least likely. And like honestly, it's one of those things where the the old expectation at Michigan used to be win the Big Ten and go go play in the Rose Bowl. Well, now it's like win the Big Ten and just make the college football playoff. Because once you're there, like anything more than being there, in my opinion, because it is so finite, it's four teams uh, for the time being, until they expand, like just being there and like no one, even if they were to make it there this year, next year, the year after, like no one in their right mind would expect them to beat Clemson or Alabama. Like people might talk them into it closer we get to it, but it's just, it's just not happening. Like it, it, they're on a totally different level right now. Um, Jesus. I mean, Trevor Lawrence still has two more years of college, so you'd have to think they have at least exactly yeah. at least one more national title in them. Could be two. Um, I think there's a good chance they win it again this year. But um, so, like, Michigan football probably isn't the top pick of the programs for me. Uh, only, uh, and that's not a knock against them. Like, they have some other things to tend to first. Like, beating Ohio State regardless of if you win the Big Ten or not. And mind you, if you beat Ohio State, chances are you probably are winning the Big Ten. Um, like, those two things, I'm not even worried about the college football playoff. Like, I just get to Indy. So, anyone – I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't take this as a souring on them. It's just like the reality of the situation. Um, do you want me to run down the other sports or can – I'll tell you which one I think is the best – or yeah, we, we can keep running them down. I mean, no, let's let's just go. Who do you think? Because we football right. is the one everyone wanted to know about. Right. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, who well, who do you I think has the best chance? It's to me. I would put it at a tie with. Well, no, it's sort of in no the ties same, here. Like, it's in the same family, though. Um, <laughs> baseball and hockey to me can be as simple as if you have a hot goaltender or hot pitching. We just saw what it did with Michigan baseball. Like they rode mm-hmm. pitching all the way to, you know, the deciding game of the college world series and timely hitting too. Um, hockey is similar in that if you have a hot goalie and, and it's a team that has been in the frozen four in the last few years, if you have a hot goalie and you score timely goals, like those two are kind of neck and neck uh, for me. I think basketball, uh, softball will be right up there as well. Uh, and he, as long as Hutch is there, I think they're always in the conversation. Uh, basketball, right. I think this is where the conversation to me gets interesting in the current construct of, of where we're at with the coaches and whatnot. I actually think that Michigan r- football right now would have a better chance just on the surface of winning a national title than Michigan basketball because, one, this is, a, this is now a full-fledged yeah. rebuild. Um, and, and there are a lot of things have to happen for you to even be in the conversation. One, Juwan Howard is going to have to recruit very well, and he's going to have to develop those guys very well. And we haven't seen if he can do either of those things. So we don't. We don't even know what type know, of coach he is. Like we don't know his style, his schemes, nothing. Defensively, what what their bread and butter is going to be. So it's sort of an asterisk on them because there's so much we don't know, but. The NCAA tournament is also, to a certain extent, can be the most volatile because, I mean, this doesn't happen all the time. But how many times have you know we've seen we've seen one player put an entire team on his back before, like Kemba Walker, like um, I think of some of the other title teams o- over the years. So, um, but I think the trend in college basketball is not necessarily that you need to have a team stacked full of one and duns. It's more that. The, it's a team stacked with guys that have been there before, um, upperclassmen that might not be huge draft picks, but guys that have been there before. Um, yeah, maybe they might come off the board late in the first round or in the second round. But um, you know, guys, how many guys from the Villanova team that beat Michigan two years ago are going to the NBA and doing anything? Uh, DeAndre Hunter was the number four overall pick uh, at Virginia. Outside of that, who else is really expected to do much of anything? Like. I think that it's going to it's it, it takes time to build a national title contender. You have to go through some stuff. So, um, and I, I think to a certain extent that's also true in football. Um, I, I just think that when you look at who's better set up to compete on a national stage, I, I, I would certainly um, 
you had you'd have to give the the nod to Michigan football right now. Yeah. More so I, wait, Michigan football. So no, Michigan football I is your top team. I got a little lost a tie in there. Between like, uh, it's basically a three way tie between okay. hockey, uh, gotcha. baseball, and uh, softball. But I would probably put hockey number one just because it didn't take that. It hasn't taken them fifty years in between getting back there. Uh, and we've we've seen them compete. And I think Mel Pearson is doing a good job there. They took a little bit of a step back this year, but. Um, I think they're they're in good hands there. So I'd probably put hockey number one. And we're also, I think, when we look at teams like in college football or you know, team, just in general, your Alabamas of the world, your Dukes of the world, your whoever's always playing for a national title, we take for granted how hard it is to get there. So these are all hypotheticals, anyways. But I, I think that hockey is maybe the most conducive to like getting one done. Who, we're talking most like we're not talking who we think wins the next one. I would uh, say it's more like most likely. Most likely, yeah, yeah. And I would, yeah. You go ahead, Chris. Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm with you pretty much. I, I think the reason I would put softball and hockey, you know, kind of one A and one B, is just because they're the closest removed from if not winning championships being, you know, very, very close. And I think it was 2016. The softball team was just, you know, a game away. Uh, I know the base you know, the baseball team is another one that obviously just came extremely close to winning it all. But I, and this is the pessimist in me coming out, but I, I struggle believing that this is going to be a regular occurrence. And by regular, I mean like, like I don't think it'll be you know fifty years until another Big Ten team is playing for the national championship, but this was remarkable what happened. And and I until we see a little bit more consistency, you know, maybe that like next year, if, next year if they do something like they make the super regional or something like that, maybe I'll, I'll be a bit more inclined to say, you know what, maybe maybe there is staying power here. Maybe this is going to be something that is that is more regular. Maybe we are going to see them back in the College World Series in the future. I, I just I have trouble believing that. Um, basketball. I would probably put lowest on the list, which is so crazy because once again, ask us a month ago or you know a month and a half ago, we I think we'd we'd all probably have basketball number one, uh, if not one. If JB is, if JB is still there, we all I think we all have basketball number one. Exactly, but the reason I put it exactly, um, I think. But the reason I probably put it lowest now is because we're yet to know what the identity of the basketball team Correct. is. Is the is are they a a, a program? That are they going to continue what, where Beeline left off and and be a team that's uh, recruiting you know maybe even better than Beeline did and winning and winning Big Ten championships and winning Big Ten tournaments and making it to the Sweet Sixteen and to the Final Four and to the national championship uh, to be determined and so I think for, because of that uncertainty I got to put them near the bottom um, you know hockey we've seen very close in recent years multiple times over with hockey and multiple times over with softball we've seen them come extremely close so I put them one A and one B. And then after that, probably football, and then uh, ba- baseball and and basketball. Yeah, I would I would say, um, I like Anthony's point here about hockey. So this is like a double edged sword sort of thing. Yes, uh, all you have to do, I mean, well, not all you have to do, but riding a hot goal and getting some timely scoring is, you know, obviously crucial to win a national championship. But like you said, Anthony, how hard it is to get there. Hockey is the hardest tournament to make. In college sports, 16 teams, uh, only a number of at-large bids, and it's not subjective. It is completely objective according to the pairwise rankings. So it is a very difficult tournament to make. On the flip side of that, though, I'm putting hockey number one. I had hockey number one coming into this, and I think they're probably a tier above even the rest of the sports um, in the sense that, and I might be a little biased here, but obviously you know, with where I'm at up in Marquette, we, we follow – uh, Northern Michigan hockey pretty well. And when Mel was up at Michigan Tech, man, the thing, the way he just rejuvenated that program was incredible. So I've seen it do him, do it, seen him do it elsewhere. You know, he did it up at Michigan Tech, went to overtime with Notre Dame in the uh, national tournament, almost, you know, took Michigan Tech on a magical run, then left for Michigan, went to Frozen Four in year one. And I think, I think the difference between like, Hockey and baseball, which what we saw in baseball and the downfall was that, you know, Michigan had some good pitching, but at the end of the day, Tommy Henry was kind of the guy. And it turns out in that three game series, you just you need a little more depth 
then yeah. and it's not easy to build in college baseball. Whereas in hockey, you need a good top line and a good goalie at the end of the day in college hockey, save for Minnesota State Mankato. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it is you need the top line, you need goaltending, and you can go on a run in college hockey. You don't need as much depth. You know, you need those second, third lines to be good and, and produce every once in a while, but you can get away with with winning a national championship with a top line and some goaltending. And I think Mel is going to recruit really well there. And I, I've seen him do it at multiple schools. And I think that Michigan hockey is in line to win a national championship probably in the near future. Whereas, like I mentioned, for football, I, I don't see it happening. I understand your point, Chris. It, it definitely could change on a dime. But at the same time, we haven't seen, I don't think, domination like Alabama's had over the over an entire decade like USC was a couple of years right Miami was a couple of years they did it twice yeah that's for fair. a couple of years yeah. stints but what Alabama's done uh, we've never seen it in college football and until Saban leaves I've got no reason to believe that it's going to end anytime soon so football is, is pretty low on the list just for that I think the program's in a fantastic state you know, 100%. Basketball is at the absolute bottom of my list just because of the uncertainties. Then you got baseball, softball, take your pick at two and three for those. But hockey definitely, I think, is in pretty good line to win a national championship in the near future. All right, well, shout out Michigan Hockey. Hey, we, this is now the Michigan Hockey Podcast. Is it, so is Michigan a hockey school? Is that where we're going with it? It was a basketball school, and now it's, it was a baseball school recently. <laughs> now we got it as a hockey school. I love it. You know what? It's just a... Uh... It's just a rootin' tootin' good school across the board, I guess. I don't know. It's it's true though, man. I I would love to see Hutch get another one though, especially after a pregame speech to Bakic before uh, he left for the College World Series. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I I hope I hope she gets one at some point or another one. I think 2005 was the last one they won. I think so. But okay, um, I mean it, it's it's hard to win a national uh, championship in any sport in your own conference, let alone you know, yeah. beating everyone in the country. There are what 320 division one schools or something like that. So uh, in some sports, it's only what 130 for football, but um, Hey, I mean, that's that you can even have a conversation about, we just listed what five or six athletics programs and they're all teams that you could feasibly imagine either competing for a title or a team that we've seen compete for one in the last you know, 10 to 15 years. So um, again, this is not PR for the Michigan athletics, but uh, you'd like to see them get over the hump at some point, but certainly have zero problems with what, uh, with what they've given, what they've given fans over the years. So, uh, but on the flip side of that, going back to, you know, my opening, unfortunately they're going to make me care and then probably crush my dreams. You know, it's just, just how, just how it works, I guess. But well, and this is uh, one final one final note on I'm just on baseball in general. I thought it was kind of funny that like, and we're guilty of this because we weren't really hip to Michigan baseball really. And I mean, me personally, until that UCLA series, like that's when I was like, okay, number one team in the country. Let's let's see what happens here. Um, It was funny to see over the span of two nights see. A large, uh, not a large portion, but a, a portion of Michigan Twitter who I know who these people are because I run the Mason Brew account and I see them in the mentions. Um, the angry football and basketball people make their way to baseball and whine about, oh, when is it? When are they going to close the deal? Any sport? It's like you, you weren't even paying attention to this team like two weeks ago. So yeah. that to me, you take the run for what it was. The, the heartbreak wasn't there. Now, if you're someone who's a diehard Michigan baseball fan and I hope, like, I hope those people were there. I, I know some of them probably were, and they're probably devastated and heartbroken. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, this run, that that little run, is more will be more remembered for being entertaining and out of nowhere than it will be for, oh God, they they couldn't close the deal again. Right, one hundred percent. Yeah. But man, would I love to see a team just come through and win one. I would love it a lot. I'm but not, hopefully, I'm soon. not saying you're wrong. <laughs> hopefully soon hopefully soon so when we come back uh speaking of michigan football and speaking of the program being in a pretty good place uh they just had what can be described as an incredible probably week and a half in terms of recruiting and uh, we'll talk about that and kind of go over that not too much in detail but just as a whole when we return on brewcast with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back in here on Brewcast as we roll along on a, another great show for you on this 4th of July weekend. Uh, you know, I guess Christmas came in June. I guess I would say usually the Christmas in July, but mi- Christmas came in June a little bit for this Michigan football 2020 recruiting class. I don't even know what the number of recruits have been since like June 23rd, but it has been a substantial amount. This Michigan recruiting class has jumped from like 25th to 6th overall in the country. I don't know if I've ever seen a recruiting blitz quite like this. And, and Anthony, you could probably speak to that better than anyone since that's where you cut your teeth in this game. Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, that many, that quickly, uh, I think I talked about this with you on your radio show. I think the, really the last what I can remember commits dropping hot and heavy after a night basketball game against Ohio state. I think it was 2013 or 2012, something like that. Um, but after I, I've never seen like eight or nine guys drop in the span of a couple of days. Uh, at least I can't remember it. I mean, it's talking about. Been doing recruiting since I think 2013, and each class has usually about 25 guys. So I mean, it's that's a lot of a lot of players coming through since then. So I, I may be forgetting a moment in time where they've had that much action. But um, for me, in general, you look at this class, and it's more like it's more an exercise in not freaking out about a recruiting class until like at least until the fall. Um, I mean, the summer, like earliest in the fall or earliest in the summer, latest, like early in the fall. Like if you're getting into like mid-October and you don't have much traction on the recruiting trail and you're kind of missing on some top targets, then you can get concerned. But, you know, in the span of the week, they went from like 25th in the country to now, as we record here today, they're sitting at number six, second in the Big Ten, uh, only to Ohio State, of course, the typical Ohio State. Uh, no five stars in the class yet. I- I'm not really sure if there any, there will be any, but, um, you know, overall, when you look at the work they've done again, they're hitting on a lot of their targets, uh, guys want to be here and it seems like they're bringing guys that fit what they want to do. So outside of that, it's hard. It's so hard to project. Cause we know these are, you know, I know there were recruiting, there are recruiting people out there who will break it all down and say, Oh, this guy's the next, uh, this guy's the next Charles Woodson, or this guy's the next, uh, Jarrell peppers. Like, I don't know that about any of these guys. Maybe that's because I don't follow it as as closely as I used to. But what I do know is that when you look at recruiting as an exercise and just gathering assets and lotto tickets, um, there's lots to like about what they've been bringing in. So uh, I think they've done a nice job. Yeah, look, I I fully – I'm not a guy who follows recruiting very closely. I know that probably kind of cripples me as somebody who talks about Michigan sports. I just – I've been let down too many times and I still, I still believe it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, these kids are so young, uh, the old, and especially the older I get, um, you know, they, these are, uh, these are still kids. And, but with that said, you know, without not trying to be a buzzsaw here uh, or a buzzkill, I mean, um, it's really cool. Uh, and it shows despite what has been, uh, a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, disappointment in the Harbaugh era, too much disappointment in the Harbaugh era. Um, it's not affecting recruiting. Uh, they And it, it didn't really affect recruiting that much, uh, even under Hoke, who was able to bring in the recruits. So say what you will about Michigan football and their inability to win the big one, and it's all, all of that criticism is fair and justified, and I'm going to bring it up until they finally get over the hump. But uh, 
that there is still a brand there and there is still uh, a lot of kids who want to come play at Michigan, uh, which is a, an extremely, extremely in- encouraging sign. And it does give you hope that you know, soon enough, uh, they will eventually, uh, they will eventually get over that. And hump. you know, I, I will say this about recruiting. I, it, it's somewhat of a crapshoot, but at the end of the day, like you need good players to win at the highest level. Oh, and yeah. I think there's data out there. I don't think there's been a national champion that hasn't averaged a top 10 class in the four years like prior to that year. So there's a lot of data out there. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of attrition too. You know, so you can't like what Anthony, what do you say? You you say uh, you have a good analogy for this. Uh, for what exactly? <laughs> for for like uh, like recruiting rankings and like the more five stars you bring in, sort of thing. Oh. I remember you gave me an analogy one day. Oh God! Now you're asking me to retrace my steps here. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just again, it's just it's lotto tickets. Like if you buy, lotto, that's what it was. Yes, that's what it was. There's lotto tickets. There's lotto tickets. I mean, yeah, all the five stars, all the four stars you bring in aren't going to pan out. Um, but the more of them you have, the more that probably will. Um, you're always going to have your twos and your threes and your walk-ons that come out of nowhere and be uh, become stars. I think uh, Devin Bush was a three-star, I think. And that's the other thing, too, is that the star game always is a little subjective to me because it feels like there are a lot of times where Michigan will take a commit from like a three-star kid. And then, oh, once he's committed to Michigan, you'll just see him get this four star out of nowhere. Um, kids get the star bump all the time, and it's—I'm um, not 100% sure why, because uh, the tape shows. I, I feel does. like the—I feel like the offer list is something to look at too. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. If you have a three star, and then he commits to Michigan, and you comb through, it's like, okay, he had offers from Clemson, Alabama, uh, I don't know, Notre Dame, Ohio State, like. Yeah, then, then you can say, oh, this is someone that all these guys have been on. But I don't know if you can really rank guys. Like, it's weird to me that you would rank guys like that. Um, that's more a question mm-hmm. for people that do the recruiting service stuff. I would just be like, I, I would just assume you put your rankings together based on the film that you um, that you see of other guys. But I can also see from an industry standpoint, um, sort of get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, uh, working for 24-7 sports. Mind you, I'm doing NFL stuff, so I don't crossover all that much but i can see how there would also be a focus on okay well if a guy is being recruited by bigger schools maybe that does make us readjust our board because obviously they you know look at the the results they produced with these guys over the years so i get it from that standpoint as well um i i also want to point out you know that recruiting classes can have a big impact in moving forward this is important to sustain because if you go back to that 2015 recruiting class for Michigan, it ranked very poorly. That was the transition class. Harbaugh took over in January, I believe, of that year, and the class ranked in like the mid to low 20s or something like that. Three years later, or I should say uh, two years later, was it the 2015 class? Now I'm, uh, I think it was two years later, and then the 2014 class wasn't one of Hoke's best. Either uh, you just go, uh, yeah, Michigan ranked 37th in recruiting in, in 2015. Like just two years later, all of a sudden, and they ranked 20th the year before. So the sophomores and the juniors that were there in 2017, you saw what happened on the field. Like at the end of the day, right. the depth wasn't there for Michigan. They didn't have a lot of top level talent. It just wasn't that good of a team. So if Michigan could consistently stay in the top ten, they're going to consistently be competing for Big Ten championships and consistently not having years like 2017. That's why. That's the only reason I even pay attention to it at all. I want to see Michigan near a top ten class each and every year because I know that there's a 90% chance if that happens, they're going to be competing for Big Ten championships and probably have a chance to go to Indy going into that Ohio State game each and every year. That's that's pretty much all it comes down to. I don't know any of these guys individually other than like, you know, when Rashawn Gary committed to Michigan or like I'm looking forward to like Zach Charbonnet and Dax Hill this year because I think they compete can, you know, compete immediately. But for most of the guys who aren't going to play as freshmen, we're going to learn about them, you know, as, as freshmen throughout camp, how they're practicing 
and then the following year when they're ready to step on the field, much more so than we do with the recruiting right now. I don't disagree with any of that. Like I think if you go back and look at, just look at the the recent national titles, even from the guys that aren't Clemson, Alabama, like the like Ohio State, like Florida State, um, you'll see that in the years leading up to that, they've had stacked some pretty high recruiting classes on top of each other. So um, I don't. I think that the way that the the services are now, I mean, it's it's definitely a little more objective. I think that it is more fair to a certain extent of, of what a player, you know, player evaluations and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think there's just a little less, it just, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is anyone who say that recruiting rankings don't matter. Yes. You're partially true because on a player to player basis, you don't know who's going to pan out. But if you have a class full of, of talented guys and the more more of those guys you have, the better chance you're you're going to be a good football team. It's it's really, I don't know why people struggle with this concept. I really don't. And, but obviously, you have to develop them. Michigan's always going to recruit well. Uh, now they're recruiting a step above what they have because they have um, at least some results to sell and a a good coaching staff in place. But uh, Michigan's always going to recruit itself. So it's another one of those things where um, you have to be sure that the guys you're bringing in are good are truly good and that you can develop them. Well, yeah. well, uh, do we have uh, anything else to add before we, uh, before we wrap up? Cause I, f- I feel like uh, the, the recruiting has kind of ran its course. Cause again, we're not going to know like this, this class could be completely different too. Well, not completely different, but fairly different by the time December rolls around. Like that's just how recruiting works. And that's why I try not to follow it as much right now because there's so many peaks and valleys when it comes to it. But uh, it, it's something to talk about on July 1 anyway. So uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? No, uh, I got nothing. Uh, I just want I just want you guys to have a good Fourth of July week. That's all I want. Be safe, man. Just be safe. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Um, guys, any big plans for the holiday? <laughs> uh, money. I'm working. Big, big plans good. right there. Uh, money's good. I have no issues with money. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Um, again, it's not that the well is running dry with Michigan, but I kind of. We're kind of – I feel like Will Will Smith or, uh, you know, Will, the last episode of Fresh Prince, like standing in the empty the empty mansion. Right. We're just one oh, month yeah, away, we're though. We're close. Like, like, we're, we're, we're one we might, month away. You That's might crazy. Get one more week or so hiatus from us. But other than that, like it's it's almost go time. I think, I think Big Ten Media Days are two weeks from now. So that's kind of like the Man, unofficial uh, kickoff. Boy for me um i i just picked up uh phil Steele's college football dude, preview mag last week phil and i'm pretty Steele's, i have phil about it. i have i think lindy's big 10 i have sporting news and i have athlon like so i'm i'm going out of town this week and i'm not driving so i have a lot of reading to do so well Maybe yeah, I'll I'll take my deep dive and Chris. I don't know if you want to you know get in on it too. Get get into some preview mags. Maybe we'll deep dive it for the next episode we'll, we'll, or something like that. The next the next time we're here, we will have yeah, lots of football stuff idea. to discuss. Perhaps wink wink yeah. tease tease with someone who uh, a guest or something. Yeah, that knows better than us. <laughs> Gas bags. Well said, <laughs> Chris. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find a link to my uh, YouTube page. I'll probably have a review for Spider-Man Far From Home up at some point this week. Uh, uh, you can find uh, me on Snapchat. My Snapchat name is the same as my Twitter handle. And if you want to see me on Instagram, it's Chris Castle 95 That's C-H-R-I-S. C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please uh, follow me on all those platforms. It would be Anthony, much how about you? Follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Um, I forget what my Instagram is, but you find me there too. Just look it up. Google it, whatever. Um, follow the show at, uh, at Brewcast Show. 
Follow the website at Maze and Brew, and uh, you can get us, subscribe, rate, um, hate on us uh, over wherever you can get podcasts. So uh, leave a leave a five star review, and uh, you know, always looking for feedback from you guys. So definitely try and we'll we'll engage with you yeah. if you engage with us. We really do read the feedback. So if you leave reviews, everything like that, we absolutely read them. And we do appreciate uh, all the feedback that we do get. We want to make this show um, as good as we can for you. Like you are who we do it for. So let us know things you like, things you don't like, anything like that in the review. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy. You can tell me too. You can tweet at us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, I promise you we take it all into account. So do that at Luke Yardy on Twitter. And for Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I am Luke Yardy, and we will see you next time on Brewcast. <laughs>